Let's open our Bible. How many minutes have I got left? Second Kings. Okay, Second Kings, chapter 2. I thought it might be a good idea perhaps to talk about passion. Passion with a P. Not with an F. Sometimes people sort of think I'm saying fashion, fashion, but I'm saying passion with a P. Just to make sure you know what I'm talking about. You laugh at me, okay? Good for you. And I'm going to just look at a, uh, an experience uh, a young man went through there, which uh, no doubt had a uh, big influence on the rest of his life. All right? And we read there about a young man called Elijah. Elijah is the first one. Elijah with an S is the second one. All right? And we read and uh, pick it up in verse 9. They sort of are joined together. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elisha, the, the old one, said to Elisha, the young one, Ask what shall be done for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. <clears throat> so, uh, Elijah knew what was going to happen to him, obviously here. And again, the pastor still went on and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and it parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by, and world went into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of, of Israel, and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and ran them into pieces, and so on and so on. All right? And he took up the mantle of Elijah, Elijah, that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan, and he said, away, he starts doing some interesting things there. And uh, if I sort of think back on this little young man here, no doubt this experience, this very experience, had a profound effect upon the rest of his life. Right? And uh, we all, perhaps, when we first come to the Lord, we have things happen to us which can also have a profound effect upon us. I remember in, in my own case, I came to the Lord in 1977, and uh, I had uh, just started a business at the time, building boats, fiberglass boats. And there was a young man uh, who actually uh, bought materials from, from me to buy to build canoes. That was his hobby. And uh, I had me to talk to him about the Lord and my, my fresh experience. And... Uh, he uh, promised to come to a meeting on a Sunday, and this before the weekend, and uh, on the Saturday morning he came to the workshop and he said, I can't come tomorrow, I, I don't my back in. And I said, never mind all that, the devil won't want you to go, so we're going to pray for that, and he's going to heal you, God is going to heal you, and he's going to come tomorrow anyway. So uh, in my mind there was no doubt that was just going to work. So I prayed for this young man, and uh, said, I'm going to pray in tongues as well. So uh, I prayed in tongues only the first time, just only a couple of weeks in the Lord. And I prayed for this young man and uh, sort of finished praying. He looks at me and says, what was that? So, ah, just the Holy Spirit, you know. So I was just uh, all very blasé about it all. And he sort of stands and said, yeah, it's gone. Of course it's gone. You know? And uh, that was one of the things which sort of really set me on a particular course. And uh, another thing that also uh, had a profound effect upon me as well was that uh, before I started my own business, I worked for a company called uh, Ralph, Ralph McKay's. That was used to be on Port Road, just north of Grand Junction. Some of you might know what it is. They make uh, port or they made implements for the farming industry. And uh, I worked there, and I worked with a guy called Hank Verhoof. He was an engineer there. And uh, when I left this company, started my own business, I, uh, I actually 
lost sight of him. So I had my own business going at the time, a little while later, and uh, one day a guy drives into the yard with his boat behind his trailer, on the trailer behind his car, and he said, oh, it's you, Pete. He said, yes, but, oh, Hank, how are you going? You know, now you sort of do when you meet people after a while. And uh, he said, oh, so he said, look, I want, I want my outboard serviced. Um, can I pick it up on Friday? He said, sure, I'll do for you, mate. And, but on Friday you come here, and we're going to sit together for a cup of coffee. I'm going, I've got something very important to tell you. In the meantime, we come to the Lord, you see. So uh, that was, uh, okay, yeah, that's good, mate. You know, I was busy at that time. I didn't want to talk to him. I had two, two busy things going on. So next Friday comes, and Hank didn't turn up, right? So uh, the week after, I think it was uh, nearly a whole week later, his wife turns up, which, which I knew was well. And she picked up the boat and said, uh, where is Hank? She said, oh, he's dead and buried. I didn't feel very good about that. Can you imagine that? I wanted to talk to this guy, but I didn't have time. And these two, these two things I'm just talking about here, they had an influence on me on the rest of my walk, as you can imagine. These days, and even from that point onwards, I have never actually put anything off. Right? It really had an effect on me. And not long after, I've been to another man in, in, in the business as well, and he was a bit uh, rough, he didn't want to know. And two weeks later, I, I saw his advertisement in the paper, he was dead as well. But I talked to him. Okay, I don't what I had to do. Right? So I'm talking about passion here. That's tonight, passion. Let's go to second, First Corinthians chapter 16. Right, and that's, I guess, what we need to get for, you know, this, this whole thing. So we have passion about what? Right? In, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. Now, if you've just been, just come to the Lord, you're going to have things happen to you. And it's going to keep happening to you. Right? And uh, depending how you react to it, it's going to determine the rest of your walk with the Lord. It's going to determine whether you're going to be ready, like here, the last song on, on the little video there. That was a camp song we had uh, last winter time uh, in Holland at the camp. It was made by Shelley Noble. This song, this song was a nice song. Are you ready when the, Lord, when the Lord returns? Will you say, here I am? Or will you say, please go away for another day? All right? It's a great song. And uh, here it is. Watch you in verse 13. 1 Corinthians 16. Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. And the ladies can do that as well. Be strong. Be strong. Right? Interesting. Let all things be done with charity, or you do everything with the good of the other person in mind. I beseech you, brethren, you know of the house, you know the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruit of Achaia, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That you submit yourself unto such, and to everyone that helpeth with us, and labor it. Right? Those of you who know me will know that I am a great believer in that it is all up to us where we're going to end up. I just come from Singapore. We had to spend a long week in Singapore. And in Singapore, the Eastern religions talk about uh, destiny. You know, it's your destiny. You can't help your destiny. Sort of like, you know, you go where you are sort of destined to go. You know what? You make your own destiny with your own choices. Right? What you are going to do today will determine where you're going to end up tomorrow. Amen? Right? Very clear, isn't it? Right? And there is, there is all the religions of this world, they seem to have this destiny thing built into them. Even some so-called Christian branches of religion have this destiny built into it. You know what? 
and takes your responsibility away and it makes very, how can you put it, people who sort of feel good about themselves, like self-righteous people. We are not like that. We know very well and very clear that God has given us the choice. I find that fantastic. The religion I came out of, you didn't have that choice. That's reformed. Calvinism is it's all set. You can't do anything about it. You're going to end up in hell or in heaven, and you can't do anything about it. That's what they teach. Church of England teaches that too, by the way. I don't already know that Article 17, I think it is, of the Articles of Faith, says that as well. They called Calvinism built into it. Amazing. You might never have thought about it, but look it up. Right? And it's, you find that if you, if, if you look at the devil, we don't talk about him very often, tonight we might spend 60 seconds talking about him, right? If he could have invented a better weapon, he could have invented a better weapon than making people think they can't do anything about it themselves. Amen? That was a good trick. Right? But praise the Lord, the Bible is different. The Bible gives you the Holy Spirit, it gives you all the tools, you can use them and build with it. Fantastic. Right? So there are these people there, they had addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Sometimes people say, I don't need to go to all these meetings, you know, I can serve the Lord at home as well. You know what? Can't be done. Serving the Lord and serving the church is exactly the same thing. Read Matthew 25. Never forget it. Serving the church is serving the Lord and vice versa. You can't do it behind the TV. That's why internet churches don't work. They're just sitting there feeding themselves, but you can't serve anybody. Fantastic stuff. So here are passion. I've got some synonyms, goodness me, difficult word, for passion. Desire, thirst, hunger, craving, urge, ache, fervor, obsession, excitement, enthusiasm, zeal, delight. Beautiful words, isn't it? Addicted yourselves to the work of the Lord, you know. Now, if I think about this, this guy called Elisha, we just talked about here, he saw something amazing. He saw Elijah going to a place which is not of this universe. Because you think about eternity, for example, I might just talk about it a little bit. Think about eternity, brothers and sisters. Eternity cannot exist in this universe. Because this universe, everything got a beginning and an end, might be very long. But it's not eternity. So there's another place somewhere. Elijah went there. Jesus, when he went up in Acts chapter 1, says, a cloud took him out of the sight. Did he go to Mars or to Venus or where did he go? What is eternal place? And there's nearly 300 accounts in the Bible of angels going back and forth between this eternal place and this temporal place. So just imagine the impression there to actually see that happen. The disciples saw it happen. Eleven of them. Right? That makes an incredible impression. So passion. Now, in this world, you're being told a great number of things about passion. Passion about Facebook. Anybody addicted here? Of course not. Right? You can be, have a passion about your kids. You can have a passion about your work. Yeah. Right? You can have a passion about your study. That's a bit unlikely, isn't it, for some people? Never mind all that, right? And you can have a passion about what's happening here. 
a passion. I've seen people here. I've been this 40 years and since I came to the Lord, 40 years plus now. And I see still people around here. I can see this in here for 40 years back. There's a lady sitting there. I'll make sure the name is here sitting there up somewhere. I saw her the very first time in Tanunda being Mrs. Lot. Pillar of salt. Anybody still remember that? Yes? I still saw that. That was the evening. Somebody I can open the Bible to me. Right? And showed me the scriptures in Mark 16, John 3, Acts 2, you know, the basic scriptures. And even though I argued a lot, in my heart I was still listening. I was listening in my heart, not in my mind. I was just arguing. I liked arguing, you see. Being Dutch, that's sort of normal, you know. And, uh, but the next day I was at the meeting. Because in my heart I wanted to find out. I saw my wife getting baptized and healed from a heart condition, and now nearly 40 years later she's still alive. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Right? So there's some great things happening. Right? So passionate about what we're doing. God-centered. Brothers and sisters-centered, if you like. Passion for revival. You know what? And the answers to what are we passionate about determine what will happen to us. Determine where we're going to end up. Whether we're ever going to see this eternal place or not. That's what isn't, you know, what are you doing, what is up to you, you know. So do we have this passion, desire, thirst, hunger, craving, all the other stuff, right? So what have we discovered? We have discovered, brothers and sisters, there's another reality. Another reality. This life might seem very real to you. They've got virtual reality these days, but all sorts of gadgets to go along with it. You know what? That's nothing yet to what God has prepared. The greatest fantasy in this world... And virtual reality is not even close to what God has prepared. Think about that. You know what? And you read your Bible. And when you first come to the Lord, you know, you, you get all excited. And it's mainly feelings and emotions. But you need to study. You need to get knowledge. You need to find the, in your Bible where it's all at. You need to find the basis for all that. And you start discovering things. I call it aha moments. Aha. You make connections. At the camp in Holland uh, this last winter, they had this table, a big table, and I put uh, a thousand pieces on there from a jigsaw puzzle. And all during the camp, everybody sort of walking past, they're putting a few pieces in place, putting a few pieces in place. And on the end of it, there was one piece missing. They found it later on, mind you, but there was one little piece there. And you never know, you never know what's on the little piece. There might be something on there, but it's just a key. Just the key for this little thing you still need to have a victory over. Finish the puzzle. Make sure you make finish the puzzle. Right? Great stuff, really. This passion, desire, we have discovered there's another reality. You know what? And don't mix the new reality with the old reality. Many people try that over the years. You know, we had uh, on the little video, there was a man from uh, Antwerp. He is actually from Pakistan. He is actually uh, fleeing because in Pakistan it's not uh, very nice to be a Christian. They say they uh, put you in jail and they uh, let you go for $5,000. Uh, so that's about the going, the going rate there apparently. So there's a real racket over there. If you're Christian, you go, you go to jail and then you pay, you get out again and they put you back in again and they take you out again. It's a, it's a good a good racket over there, you know, this sort of stuff. So this man actually got baptized and he was at the Sunday meeting and the Sunday meeting was halfway through and he disappeared. So he found out later on he went to his own church. Right? There's a work. The new life is the new life. You can't walk forwards looking backwards. Ever tried that? 
We had a little girl giving a great demonstration of that not long ago. I said, Pastor Renee's little, do- little, little daughter, she was actually looking backwards to me on the hand of her father walking, and she walked straight into a light pole. Boink. Right? You can't look, walk forward looking backwards. Amen? Simple, isn't it? So, with that, have we discovered. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Paul is talking again here, Paul the Apostle Paul. He said, while we look at not at the things which are seen, that refers to the previous verses, of course, but for the time's sake, you can make some homework of that. Right? But all the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And I have a great imagination. I like that. I like thinking about things and making a imagination, let the imagination will run wild sometimes, and what is it going to be like? Alright? What can we do? First, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that our earthly house of this tabernacle where results, is talking about your body, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Wherefore we labor, works of faith, that by the present of our absent, we may be accepted of him. For we all appear for the judgment seat of Christ, and so forth, and so forth. Excuse me a minute. That was nice. <laughs> I picked up a cold in Singapore, believe it or not. 32 degrees all the time, and, and I had very cold shops, air conditioning, and go out and in and out. So blame Singapore for this. Right? So there it is. We have this eternal body. Now, when I was 40 years ago, I was younger than I'm now. Hey, hey, yes. And uh, you never think about that when you're young. Right? You're going to sort of live, live, live eternally, you know. You, you never think about that. But when you become a little bit older, you start to, you think about it a bit sometimes a bit, you know. And three years ago in 2013, ended up in the hospital on the other side of the road here. Who remembers that? Some of you do. Right? I had a heart attack. I was in Gaulen. And uh, they put me in intensive care. By the way, you know what I get in intensive care. That's a circus. Anybody ever being in intensive care and intake? That is incredible. It was full of people there, and there was a lady actually in the corner there uh, screaming, Mary, 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 oh, Mary, Mary, Mary. <laughs> right? And another guy a bit further in another corner somewhere, Get away from me, they're trying to murder me, get away, get away, murderers. So people trying to attend to this guy sort of thing, and I was laying there counting the ceiling tiles, you know? So, uh, you know what, you know what to be there. Anyway, it all worked out okay in the end, and we, we sort of survived all that, so praise the Lord. So, uh, on the get with this anyway. Oh yeah, about uh, getting older and thinking about things a bit different than maybe when you're younger. Right? But you know what? Young people die too. Right? Sometimes very young. Right? So, uh, it's not a bad idea to have this insurance policy. <coughs> Amen? That's a good policy. There's no small print. <coughs> Like some of these insurance policies, nobody noticed this. I had a bicycle stolen from me a while ago. And I looked at the small print of my policy and I, and I just, bye-bye, wasn't covered. Because it, did, it was inside a compound, but I didn't lock it as well. So I should have locked it inside the compound. So they got in the compound and bye-bye bike. The first time in my life I had a new bicycle, mind you. The other was always had second handies. It was the first time and it just got stolen. I'm still sore about it. But, Okay, so we labor. 
we like it. But you know what? It's good fun. It's not like going to work and working for a boss or a grumpy boss. It's, you know, laboring for the Lord, and it's very, very, very rewarding. Very rewarding, you know. So we, and for me, it's all appearance. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we're all made manifest unto God. That is also made manifest in our consciences. Goodness me. And in verse 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. That's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, you look at people and you feel sorry for them. They, they're there, they're struggling, and they're trying, and trying all sorts of incredible things sometimes, and it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. Nettie and I uh, bought a car a while ago, went to this car yard, and we sort of uh, sat there and bought a car, and we sat there in the desk and signed all the papers for it. And the guy just uh, looked up to me, and he said, there is something different about you two. Can you please tell me what it is? Wow. That's lovely, but many people ask that. That's good, isn't it? So we told him. And he sort of looks at me and said, yeah, it's, it's great, you know, to have religion. You know, that sort of gives you some sort of, uh, you know, comfort. And I said, well, that's depending on what you believe, isn't it? He said, how so? So, well, how many disappointed people do you know? He said, ah, oh, lots. So, well, why were disappointed then? He said, oh, you tell me. He said, well, they believed in things that weren't true. <laughs> Amen. So it is not just believing something, because you're always going dis- to be disappointed if you believe in something which is not true. It's gonna be, you're going to be let down. So you've got to believe in something which is true. Otherwise, it's useless. Amen? Right? Very simple, isn't it? So here, and it, it all died for all, but as what, in verse uh, 15, and that he died for all, that which we should, that, that they which should live, should not henceforth live unto themselves. That's the word I was looking at. But then to him, which died for them and rose again. One of the testimonies on the little movie was like that. Wherefore, henceforth, now we know men after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. People don't seem to realize often, you know, that Jesus Christ, they sort of put the two words together, but it was Jesus before he became the Christ. Because he became the Christ, and he poured out the Holy Spirit. He became the anointer. Right? And there's people these days, they haven't got a clue about that. They, they, they sort of talk about Jesus, 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 and they, I call them Jesus freaks. Sorry about that. I call them Jesus freaks. They got no idea. It's not it's the Christ these days. And the Holy Spirit is the center bit. Receiving the Holy Spirit is the essential bit. And there's all these gospels around without receiving the Holy Spirit. They got no idea what they're talking about. You know, there's these so-called Pentecostal churches. But the Pentecostal experience is not central anymore. How come they call themselves Pentecostal? Pentecostal experience, Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 1 to 4, of course, is receiving the Holy Spirit, the first fruit. All right? The first Christians, that's when the church started. And that's where your personal new church in your own life starts. And all the people said. And there's all this stuff you get, to conform, get confronted with, you know. And there's stuff going on on the internet. There's some people there in Holland who decided they wanted to go uh, to a group. Well, it was a group released like an internet just like the last affirmation. You might have heard of it over here too. You know what? They doesn't take any commitment. They just go there, watch a few YouTube movies, and do whatever they like. That doesn't work. Right? And if you look at it, the movies, they haven't got the, the Holy Spirit central either. They've got other things central. This church, they've got a singing central. They're trying to compete with the angels. Waste of time. Angels can sing better than anybody else. Amen? Angels can sing very good. We know that. The Bible says so. So no good trying to compete with angels. 
right? You know, just sing whatever you can. Might even be out of tune. It doesn't really matter. Do it from your heart, right? But don't make it a central central ministry thing. The central thing is receiving the Holy Spirit. That's where everything starts. And let nobody tell you anything else. It is also the people you meet, and they might agree with you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And then you say, okay, now, what if I don't speak in tongues? Can I still be a child of God? So, oh, yeah. Not in my book, you can't. Not in my Bible, you can't. You gotta be able, you gotta be able to pray in the Spirit. John chapter 4, 24, I think it is. If you haven't got it, you got no contact. Simple stuff. Great. There we go, we go. Now we get born again, start a new life. Now, just like the old life, it's full of surprises. But there's a difference. Because in the new life, you've got better surprises and better way to cope with it. Alright, a better way to cope with it. There's new life. Now, are people never disappointed with the new life? Question. Right? Are people never disappointed with this new life? Yes, some are. Some are. Right, some are. There's no doubt about it, you know. Some they feel restricted by God's precepts and what they really want to do. They got their own agenda sometimes, or sometimes people after a while. This is not working out the way I thought it was going to work out. And the reason is always that it becomes a self-centered gospel for them and not a serving gospel. Jesus, the words, is better to give than to receive. You know what? You will never get any more than what you give. That sounds like a contradiction. But you give and give and give and you always get more back. Not that you do it for that, but you just do it because you want to. A great blessed life. Sometimes people have got ambitions not being fulfilled. They want to be pastors sometimes and they're not getting pastors. They must be nuts anyway, but there's someone that do that. All right. We find in Luke 22, don't look for it, and the time is getting on here. In Luke 22, you find a guy called Judas. He was one typical example. He was one of the 12 disciples, right? He saw the miracles, and uh, he didn't think it was working out the way he was expecting. All right? And we find out that in, uh, I think it's in John chapter 12, it talks a lot this code in John chapter 12, we found out what, what he really was expecting. In John chapter 12, it talks about here that he, uh, about this lady. Hey, let's have a look. So, uh, supper and Martha served at verse two and, and there was some ointment uh, being poured out and, and uh, he just said uh, that was a verse to waste of money. And uh, he said in verse uh, six, John 12 verse six, this he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had a bag and bear what was put therein. So uh, this man had another other, uh, aim. He wanted another thing happening and, uh, the way things were going with Jesus and the way things were actually happening and being servants, he said, no, 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 I didn't sign up for this. And he just disappeared. You can read it yourself or you like, right? And we might have met people over the years ourselves who used to be brothers and sisters from us and they went down the same road because it didn't work out the way they thought it was going to work out. But it's always only one reason for that is they stopped serving or they never got to serving. Right? Never forget it, brothers and sisters, John 13. A great example, John 13, verse 1. Now on the feast of Passover, Jesus knew this hour was come. So Jesus is ready to go. That he should depart out of his world, not his father having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put in the heart of Jesus Iscariot, some son to betray him. 
and Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things to his hand, that he was come from God, or went to God, so from this eternal place, back to this eternal place, going to come back again to this temporal place, to take us there as well, hallelujah, he raised himself, laid aside his garment, and took a towel and girded himself. So, I can sort of imagine Judas with his uh, alternative agenda, he wanted things to go differently, and here he is, he sees it all happening, he says, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Not a good way to go, is it? Not a good way to go at all. So it was a disappointment there. He joined himself with disciples, I believe, because he saw Jesus as a vehicle to fulfill his personal ambitions. And if you really look at it, and you read Acts chapter 1, you find that the other disciples had a bit of that as well. They actually are talking about, you know, in verse 6 of Acts chapter 1, uh, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They had a bit like that as well, you know. They sort of still think in natural, natural-like. And some of us may also be going down this road sometimes and maybe doubting it a little bit. Is this going right? Is this going right? Is this going right? You know what? Hang on. What you don't understand today, you could understand tomorrow. I've seen some great things happening over the years in my own life as well. We're sometimes a bit puzzled about how things are going. But you know what? I praise the Lord that I had patience enough to actually hang on and wait for the next day and the next day and the next day and finally it became clear. Right? It's great to see you here again, to be here again and to see things happening. I see people, you know, being filled, spirit filled, of course. Right? And Jesus actually said in verse 8, of course, Acts chapter 1, he said, never mind all this kingdom stuff. Never mind the Romans. Never mind the revolution there. You are going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and Judea, and Samaria, the othermost part of the earth, that's including Holland, and Dordrecht, Almere, Amsterdam, Rotterdam, the islands of Barbados, the islands in the Caribbean, Suriname and the north of South America, uh, West Africa, Sierra Leone, I've 150 people baptized not long ago, and Livery Coast, and uh, all these places there, Germany, Switzerland, all these places. And I believe, brothers and sisters, at this point in time, the way the world is going, I think we're onto a game changer. We are, really. Right? I get more and more contacts from all over the world for people asking for help. I was in Singapore last weekend, and the telephone goes past the caller, picks up the telephone. It's a guy from India. A third of us, and uh, this guy wanted to know more. And we let, I put it on speakerphone, I listened, I listened in as well. And uh, Colin said, you know, a few questions, of course, as you do. And we listened to this guy, and this guy didn't sound half bad, actually. Baptizing people there, right? I got another email uh, today from a chap in uh, Pakistan, uh, actually working in Oman. Many people have done this place, actually work in the Middle East, apparently. He wants to come to the convention in Rotterdam, half May, that is. Middle of May, so middle of May, okay. And come and have fun. Right, and there's all this stuff going on, and we're getting more and more and more inquiries. You know, there's the Ukraine, also in uh, Romania, people there, you know, just getting on with it. And brothers and sisters, hey, the world is wide open. There's a lot of people in this world. You know, we see them everywhere. Lots and lots and lots of people. Right, so this is it. The most part of the earth. So what do we learn from this? Most of the people follow Jesus for a bit the same reason as Judas did. But, like Peter said, where shall we go? 
because you've got the words of eternal life. And when people come to the Lord, they might maybe not come for the right reason. They might come because they need something. They might come because they're sick. There might be all sorts of reasons why they're coming. But eventually, rather sooner than later, you've got to find out what it's really all about. And there you go places. There you go places, and you see great and mighty things. Like Elijah saw Elijah going into, Elijah going Elijah into heaven. Right, the disciples saw Jesus going into heaven. Well, I haven't seen any angels yet, but they might come yet one of these days. I haven't seen him yet, but okay, praise the Lord. Maybe some from angels here, which I don't know about. Any angels over here? There's one over there, I think. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's my wife. I can say that, can't I? Okay. All right. So, that's what we're talking about, dear brothers and sisters. Now, if you look about Jesus Christ and about overcoming and about us overcoming. Now, Jesus Christ, you read up in the, in the Gospels that he was in the garden and he said to his father, Hey, have you got another alternative plan, please? But not my will. Right, so there it goes. He had to overcome his part of human nature. He was human nature, son of God. He had to overcome that, like you and I. We have to overcome our part of human nature as well. And we can do it with the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. Where do we go from here? To finish. First John. And this is talking about us here today. About you and I. All eight groups. Verse 13. First John chapter 2 verse 13. John here. He writes, he says, I write unto you fathers, because you have known him, that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children, because you have known the father. I write unto you fathers, because you have known him, that is from the beginning. I just read it already. I have written unto you young men, and because the word of God is strong and the word of God abided in you, have overcome the wicked one. First John chapter 4 verse 4. Hear of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he's the one, Jesus Christ, who overcame the final problem. And the final problem, brothers and sisters, is death. The final problem is death. We're all going to die one day. But like we had the song on the, in the little video there, is it going to be the end? Or is it going to be the beginning? You know what? It's our own choice. You can pick it. Pick what you like. Your choice. You're a God, little children. I've overcome them. Right? So it's number, number, number the fathers, talking about the children, talking about the young men and the young ladies, no doubt about it all. Everybody here, Different stages of machine if you walk in the Lord, different levels, whatever you want to call it. And you're here and you're learning and you're going to the next challenge and the next challenge and the next challenge and the next challenge and the final challenge is dead. But when you are there, you can lay there and you say, Thank you very much, Jesus. Thank you very much, Christ. You give me the Holy Spirit and I got no worries, mate. <laughs> Amen. Thank you.